it was really because of what you just shared that there aren't that many spaces or platforms dedicated to especially the Latinx community. And I felt it was necessary to portray us in a positive light Mm -hmm. and showing how much strength we carry within us and having stories that readers can look at and see themselves in and also aspire more for themselves with them. Welcome to Ellas, a podcast where we amplify the empowering voices and inspiring journeys of trailblazing Latinas who are living their professional dreams, creating a positive impact in our comunidades, and opening the doors for the next Latinx generation. I'm your host, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes, podcast manager, founder of Ellas Media, and storyteller at heart. I elevate the diverse voices of talented Latinas to inspire you to continue paving your path as a Latina creative, professional, creator, or business owner. Join me every two weeks as we share vulnerable, honest, and empathetic conversations so you can amplify your voice while pursuing your definition of success while making a positive change. This is Say Yes. Hola, welcome back to Ellas. I'm your host, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. Thank you again for listening to Ellas. For episode 75, I have the greatest honor And it's a full circle moment here on AGAS and for myself, because I am introducing today's guest, Maribet Navarrete. Maribet Navarrete is the founder and CEO of The Mujerista, a digital publication and network dedicated to empowering and celebrating the stories of the next generation of Latinas. Maribet has been featured in Forbes and is building a community of millennial Latinas challenging stereotypes, misconceptions, while proudly representing their heritage and making an impact in la cultura. Prior to starting the Mujerista, Marivet founded a personal fashion blog, Loud, Tasteless, co-founded the cosmetics brand, Nevermind Cosmetics, and worked as a social media marketing manager for subscription services, BoxyCharm, and Knitcrate. She graduated from Florida State University with a degree in media and communication studies. And as a fellow comunicadora, I am just so happy to welcome Marivet Navarrete. Hola, Marivet. Hola, un placer to be here. Thank oh, you. Likewise, like I said, this is a full circle moment. And <laughs> for our listeners, because I shared the big news when Ellas was featured on the Mujerista as Latino podcast to listen, I shared it on social, shared it with my family, sent it to the WhatsApp group, showed it to my mommy and to the listeners. And I was like, wow, like we made it. I felt in that moment, like I made it. I can peacefully (laughs) die now, happily. That's so sweet. Um, You know, it's always surreal to me because the Mujerista still feels like a small little baby to me that's like not known by many people. So it's so beautiful to hear how it impacted you and how you shared it with your family and that you're having this full circle moment. Yeah, and seriously, I love it because I feel like for the Mujerista, for many Latinas, it's not a baby. It's a necessary <laughs> and much desired platform that I think, I mean, this might have felt feel for you growing up, we needed the Mujerista. And as Latinas who are in their twenties, thirties, and now the Latinas who are in their teens and younger, they have the Mujerista. They have a platform that we as kids, as young teens wanted and desired. So you're doing amazing work. And I think it's just adding value to the stories that we've always knew, but are now out there for everyone to read. 
Yes. And it's what you're saying is precisely why we started the Mujerista. It came as a result of the 2016 presidential elections. And I just mm-hmm. felt that there was all this negative rhetoric and these portrayals and stereotypes of the Latino community that I did not at all comprehend because yes. it's not what I saw. It's not, I'm a part of this community. I know how resilient and strong we are. And so it, it was awful to see how we were being talked about and portrayed and we weren't even being invited into some mm-hmm. of these spaces to really talk about our experiences. And so it left me with this anger and rage and, and this need to do something. And I couldn't figure out what exactly to do. And then I just started thinking about my family in, in all of this because, my, you know, my family are Nicaraguan immigrants. Mm-hmm. I'm a first generation daughter of immigrants. And the way that they were being talked about and, and, and seen on, in the media was not what I know about my family. It was not what I know about our community. And so my, my mother was pregnant when she immigrated into the United States with me. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, there was all this discussion about immigration and how, you know, those that are pregnant or those that are traveling with children and crossing the border and how dangerous it is, they're being selfish for doing so. It just took me back to those moments with my mother and like hearing her or seeing her see what's being spoken about basically about her and myself and my family it hurt me and I felt like you know I need to do something about this I I can't just let this be and in all of that I started looking for platforms that spoke about you know the Latino experience and the diverse Latino experience And I couldn't really find much. You know, you have Univision and you have Telemundo, but something that spoke to me as, you know, a millennial or my my sister and my cousins who are more on the Gen Z side, and I couldn't find it. I think what I found were a handful of sites that were created by Latinas that spoke a little bit about it, but not enough. And a lot of what I found was much more fashion or gossip kind Mm -hmm. of entertainment oriented and I wanted something a little bit more profound more deeper that touched more on these strong stories and these resilient stories from our community and so that kind of led me to remember that I once upon a time had my own blog (laughs) about fashion (laughs) and I said let me use that experience of blogging to create you know my another blog but this would be more on the Latina experience because Mm -hmm. I, I am a Latina within our own community we face a lot of machismo um yes. and there's this the whole idea of like and, and you know I don't necessarily abide by that and none of the women yes, at yeah. all of my family abide by that and so I said let me speak on things or have other Latinas speak on things from you know that lens and so the idea that's how the idea for the Mujerista formed I, I think it was like in the summer of, of 2017 yes. if I'm not mistaken and then for the next, you know, six months, I was doing research and figuring out brand colors and what I would want the, the voice of the Mujerista to sound like and what our social media would be like. All this research for six months. And I think, honestly, if it weren't for a friend of mine who was starting her own business at that time, mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for her telling me, hey, stop fucking around, just like start the site, like just launch it already. Because if not, I would have been researching for another mm-hmm. like year, most likely for no reason. And so we launched officially in January of 2018. And it was with a handful of stories. And we had already started our social media back then, just kind of giving like behind the scenes look of, you know, the Mujeristan, what the brand would be before we launched. And then when it launched, it was like this 
finally <laughs> it's happening it's and even then it, it was really just a passion project for me I, I had you know my nine to five job and I would in my spare time work on the Mujerista look for contributors write my own stories create the social media content for it you know all of it all of it it was just myself and you know as, as for like for fun and so it was really because of what you just shared that mm -hmm. there aren't that many spaces or platforms dedicated to especially the Latina community yeah. and I felt it was necessary to portray us in a positive light mm -hmm. and showing how much strength we carry within us and having stories that readers can look at and see themselves in and also aspire more for themselves with them mm -hmm. um, because I truly believe in the power of storytelling and you know being able to see yourself in certain spaces or in a story or in positions of power would really help inspire us to aspire to be more aspire yes. to do more and if we are aspiring these next generations to be more and to see themselves in these positions of power then I hope you know those then turn around and help the next generation and help have that kind of create a domino effect yeah. to where we are just about everywhere. Yes, I love it. And, you know, ellas, the podcast, and yes, media and the Mujerista have the same mission, right? And the same goal of creating our own stories and showing them out there and sharing them with our comunidad, specifically the Latina comunidad. And yes, like you said, to inspire the current and next generation to aspire for more. Because mm -hmm. you and I, I believe we're around the same age. We're millennials. And like you said, yes, we had Univision, we have Telemundo. But the stories that we're sharing were more for our parents. And mm -hmm. it was ba basically very focused on, rightfully so, on the immigrant experience. And it wasn't more of like the child from immigrants to aspire for more and see themselves in different spaces and industries. And the Mujerista is doing that. And just like we've been talking, we have now this platform where we can make that fire and motivate them and see themselves be everywhere. Because we're no longer the minority. We've been underinvested, but now we're investing on ourselves. And I love that. I love that your amiga, they're like, Maribet, stop. Do it now. And I feel like a lot of <laughs> when we start, when we want to start something, we doubt ourselves. 100%. We do the research, right? And then the imposter syndrome comes and yes. then you, you just have to do it. So with all of this and you shared all, you know, your story and the, that push that you needed to go. Since then, you received funding. It's been growing. And the M space that you had for like, networking has cultivated and I feel like the Mujerista now is just in my eyes growing on rapid fire like the growth of it is just do you see it as someone who is helping creating the stories do you see the legacy that it's creating and the work that currently is just the growth of it's just going to go bigger and bigger I sure hope so I do see the potential for it I before we get into that part I, I kind of want to touch a little bit on what you said with the imposter syndrome and all that stuff because I think that's part of the reason why I'm saying like I hope so and I see the potential for it because I, I very much suffer from imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and I think it's also part of as 
children of immigrants, sometimes we grow up with this sort of guilt or that we have to be or go into certain, take a certain path yes. for our family because they have sacrificed so much. Mm-hmm. And so I, I definitely feel like I've played into that a lot. You know, I went to school, I graduated. At the time when I graduated was around the height of the recession. So there were, wasn't much available. There wasn't much in media communications and PR, mm-hmm. whatever I could find was just PR. So it took me quite a bit to really get my footing when it comes to finding a job or or finding a a career that I wanted to go into. And so when I created the Mujerista, when I've done a couple of other, you know, you mentioned Loud and Tasteless, the blog and uh, the Nevermind Cosmetics, both of which are, are shut down. But when I was venturing into those, it was scary. I was really excited about it, but I was also so doubtful of myself and scared to do it because it wasn't your typical path that you would take. And there was a lot of questions from my parents about why are you doing this? Or like, you know, why don't you invest your money in something else? Or not really understanding having a business of your own or and so it's the same came with the mujerista, you know, and I kind of kept it pretty quiet. I didn't really tell anybody really that I had started the Mujerista because I wasn't it was a passion project it was just like a blog and I had all these other things that I had started and shut down that I was fearful to start another one and not sure where it was going to go I didn't want to you know share about it yet and so I had like a really close group of friends that I told them about it because they were starting their own businesses too at the time and so we we were kind of like talking about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and during the course of the Mujerista, even though it, it's grown to where it is, and we've interviewed amazing women for the site, and I've had these incredible experiences that I would have never had if it weren't for the Mujerista, I still suffer from those moments of like guilt of, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. I'm, there's so much of my own money that's going into this that I could be using to buy a home and or to get a master's or I don't know what. <laughs> and my family especially was is kind of like what is this why are you doing this Mm -hmm. like stop wasting your time and they've come around to it a bit more which is is nice there's still this we don't know what she's doing but you know good for her she seems happy but in the beginning it was definitely terrifying and hard not being able to speak about it with my family and then just kind of being not necessarily told but these insinuations of just like you should be, why don't you go and do this? How about, you know, you do this and do that. And like, I I don't really, I don't want to do that. That's not necessarily Uh who I am in the course that I want to take. And so we're talking about how much it's grown and, you know, how it could be so big. And that's why I'm saying I do hope that it becomes something bigger than, than myself and that there is a legacy. And I also hope that in the next few months, I change my mindset of Mm -hmm. how I speak about the Mujerista and that I'm like, oh yes, it's going to be this and this and this. But I think I'm still going through those motions of feeling this like guilt of my family has sacrificed so much so that I could be here and like live this American dream. But I think the American dream that they intended for me to live Mm -hmm. is very different from the one that I'm thinking about. And, you know, I've had these conversations with them about the American dream is, you know, the quote unquote American dream is so vast. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily just you know, being a doctor or being a lawyer, or there's this part of like starting your own thing and taking that risk, you know, that's what we're afforded here. And Mm -hmm. I also 
have a very supportive friendship circle. So they've come to understand what I'm doing a little bit more. And I'm hoping that knowing that they're understanding it a little bit more will build my confidence to (laughs) be able to speak about the Mujeristan in this way of like, look at where it is, look at what it's doing, look at what it could be. Because I I still kind of go through that, you know, that guilt of not necessarily going through the path that they want me to and the imposter syndrome of do I belong in this space? Is this, should I be doing what I'm doing? Is, is, am I doing things right? Uh, Should I be in this room with these other people? Mm -hmm. Should I be interviewing this person? Like, (laughs) I don't know why, but I, I still go through all of these different motions and I do hope that in the very near future, I can change my mindset. I'm definitely speaking to more women about feelings. And I, I, I attend different events that talk about this too. And it's been very helpful. But yeah, I don't know how we got to this conversation. I know. I, and I love it. <laughs> but I, I, I felt like I needed to say it. I didn't, I didn't want people to it. think that I'm so like, oh my gosh, look at everything I'm doing. Because to me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't seem that way. I, I still feel like you know, it's first of all, it's all it's it's still an uphill struggle because there the financial aspect of it all is very draining and it's yes. difficult. <laughs> but there's also the the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, and then just the the mental toll that it takes on you too. Yeah, thank you for your honesty because that's what yes, it's all about being honest with our listeners, with ourselves, and sh- shedding light on the ugly side of our mm-hmm. journeys, right? And especially us as Latin entrepreneurs and Latinas who are chasing, going after our definition of the quote-unquote American dream. American, yeah. Yes. And I know that my listeners and myself are resonating with you because I'm going through the same experience of choosing a different path. We both studied communications. Instead of continuing with news, I decided to create my podcast production company and Amplify Latina Voices. And I resonate with you on your parents being confused on the direction you (laughs) took. And hearing you share this, do you think, obviously, the imposter syndrome may be like, you don't feel ready as a Latina, first gen, daughter of immigrants, but also as maybe, because this is how I feel sometimes. The confusion Mm -hmm. of my parents might sometimes feel my imposter syndrome and we as latinas as the daughters of our parents we place so much value i feel in ourselves on our parents how they view us yes yes, yes right i 100 so- percent agree with you i definitely think that how they view what i'm doing fuels that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. i definitely think that plays a huge part of it especially because i am so close to my family yes all, you know, 300 of them, <laughs> whatever number is, I'm definitely very close to them. And so I know that their opinion means a lot to me. And so it's hard when I started kind of throwing in little bits of, oh my gosh, this amazing thing happened for the Mujerista today. And they're like, shrug, keep watching TV. Or when I appeared on Forbes, Forbes. Yes. Forbes.com, and it's also my fault. I should have asked if they even knew what Forbes was, but they had no idea what Forbes was. And so they were kind of like, okay, cool. Like they just went about their day and it, it hurt so much. And then I realized they don't, they didn't know what it was. And so I kind of had to explain it, but they didn't understand how big of a deal it was mm-hmm. for me, at least to be on, on Forbes.com. And so there's definitely been a lot more growth 
in their part in, in understanding what I'm doing and seeing the power of what I'm doing because I've been interviewing Latinos that they know about and that they've grown up with or I've been in spaces with Latinos that, that they, they know about and grew up with and have been featured in other things that they are aware of. And so there's definitely been growth. But it, like you said, it's definitely fueled that imposter syndrome that I've suffered from. And speaking to other Latinos that are going through the same situation has been so helpful. Yes. And so I, I encourage those that are listening that might have similar feelings to do the same. Yeah. And it's all about the baby steps. You know, I think with, mm-hmm. I think our journeys of explaining, sharing, making that confusion a little bit less it's all about baby steps. And I am so happy that you're not only sharing this with other Latinos who are experiencing the same thing, but also you have a different support system that understands your path and where you're going and those wins where you can go all out in your excitement of like, I was featured on Forbes and them understanding (laughs) and them cheering you on. And also on the other side, because for our listeners, if you're going through this, the love for your parents will never disappear. It's just, you yes. have to learn to compartment. I can't say the word in English. Compartment. <laughs> compart- now I can't say it. <laughs> Compartmentalize. No, I said that wrong. Yeah. But um, I know what you're saying. Yes. You, <laughs> oh you all know what we're saying. Like you said, dropping in those little news and those little, you know, updates and wins to them and explaining little by little. It's going to be a journey, just as your journey with the Mujerista and the growing and you overcoming this imposter syndrome. And as you said, I feel like another side of the imposter syndrome is because before the Mujerista, you mentioned you launched two other, the makeup brand and the blog. And I feel like not only in the Latino community, but in the world, it's very judged. People judge people who start and not finish things. Mm-hmm. I was one of them before a yes, I would start, you know, a fashion blog or, or whatever, like little poetries, novels, short books, and I didn't finish them. And my mom would say, Brenda, es que nunca terminas nada. <laughs> something and finish it. And how has that experience of it's now more than two years with a mujerista and you still feel like obviously with that experience of ending those platforms, which in my opinion, I think those have been experiences that has given you lessons to grow the mujeristas now so share with me those lessons that you learned from closing those two ventures and applying them to the mujerista but also the feeling of you are going all in because you are investing your money in this starting both of those businesses I had big dreams for them and then Mm -hmm. when they weren't necessarily happening or it was taking too long in my mind for things to happen, or I just kind of got scared of investing more money and shutting them down. I kind of just kept going with things. Mm -hmm. And when I finally started the Mujerista, and I I think you had brought up the M space before. And so M space, we actually shut down as a result of COVID in 2020. Because again, it was just so financially draining. But when I closed down the M space, that's when I realized how I hadn't gotten over shutting down some of the other platforms that I created or the other businesses that I had started. I kind of kept working through things. Even when I closed down the M space, I was very sad, but it was at that time I had to move things out of this physical space. 
I have to turn in the keys. We have to clean up, paint, paint the walls, whatever it may be. So I was going through all these motions. And once all of that was, was kind of done and over with, and then the holidays came around and yes. there was a lot going on with COVID and my, my family as well, all of these emotions just kind of came at me. And I, I hadn't realized how all of this had taken a mental like toll on me and how, how I was just kind of pushing through and pushing through until then. And I had like a little bit of a mini kind of like breakdown and I took some time off and slowed things down for myself a lot. And I kind of keep that routine now. I don't work as hard as I did back then because I realized it just was not stable for me mentally and physically as well. It was just draining. And I didn't want to kind of go through these like being overworked and burning out because that's exactly what happened. I was just burnt out at that point. And I wasn't sure even then of like, what am I going to do with the hoodie set? Should I keep doing this? Is it, is it worth it? And I think I took some time. I took some time off. I think I took a couple months off from even posting on the Mujerista because I felt like I needed just a break from all of this stuff and kind of regroup and see what I've learned from it all. And I learned that it's okay to start and not finish, or it's okay to open up a business and then, you know, close it down if you need mm -hmm. to, because it's better for you and your mental and physical health. I learned it's okay. And I learned that I'm not the only entrepreneur to have done this. Most of these billionaires and millionaires and all of that, a lot of the celebrities that have started businesses have also shut down probably 10 times more than the ones that they've shut down more businesses than mm -hmm. had like successful ones. It's just a lot of pushing through and taking it in stride in the sense that like, okay, it's not a failure. And as you said, it's just an experience. And mm -hmm. I learned from all of them a lot about myself more than anything. I've taken risks that a lot of people don't take during their lifetime. And that I think is very important to me to do. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've learned that I've, I can do that and that I'm courageous, something that I never saw myself as. I'm pretty, you know, timid and shy, uh, <laughs> which is funny because, you know, I, I have to be on social media and post things all the time. But in, in real life, I'm pretty shy. I've gotten better <laughs> since like, you know, my, my childhood, but I'm pretty shy. And so I've learned that I'm, even though I'm shy, I'm actually really courageous. And I've done a lot of things that other people would never do in, in their lifetime. And even mm -hmm. in starting all of those businesses, I had so many incredible experiences and spoke to people that I never would have imagined I would have spoke to then. And so I've learned that I'm courageous, that I can take risks and that it's okay. It's okay. It's yes. totally perfectly fine. And I think I, at that point, when I was kind of going through my, my, my little meltdown or whatever you want to call it, my breakdown meltdown, breakthrough. <laughs> I just kind of realized that just okay, and that it's perfectly normal, and that you just got to keep going. Yes. And I think that's what I've done. I've just what I've learned more than anything is that I need to also just keep in touch with myself, reconnect with myself every now and then, see how I'm like check in, like okay. how are you doing, how are you feeling. Do you need a little bit of a break? Do I have to get these things done right now? Or could it actually wait? And so I've done a lot more of that 
where I'm just like checking in on myself and not stressing too much about things because at the end of the day, it's still my business. Yeah. And if I need a break from it, then I'll need a break from it. And I think if if I tell the community that this is happening, they will understand and, and people have. And I think if I built something that's so that's foundationally sound that people really do resonate with, then I can come back in a few months and it will still be the same because they know that this is a great source of information and of community building and of understanding and of resources for them. Yeah. And and I think that's powerful, right? Because how we were talking throughout this conversation of how your parents took that risk of coming here, your mom was pregnant Mm -hmm. with you, taking that risk, you're taking this. This is probably where I got it from now that you mentioned that. (laughs) I, I think it's from your parents and from your mom and that, you know, the journey of taking those risks to the next level, because like you said, not everyone can take the risk of opening a business, of growing a business, of investing their own money, of putting themselves out there, and especially of a Latina media company that many people don't, might not believe in, but you are backed by us, by your comunidad. And it's so important for you to take a break because you are shedding light on our stories. The Bukhidista talks about from these moments of imposter syndrome, these moments of taking a mental break, And because you've built this solid foundation, we understand when you have to take that break because we've been talking about it. You've been communicating it through the stories and the mujeres that you've shed light on. And I think it's also something that we are, as Latin entrepreneurs, we're going against the traditional entrepreneurship of like, go, go, go. You have to sleep till five in the morning and wake up at six. And then well, that's what I that's what I thought. That's what I thought was the, what you're supposed to do. Like I completely subscribed to that mentality. And I think we've seen in the last year or two mm-hmm. that the change in mindset of like who or what is an entrepreneur. And we're seeing people say, hey, you don't need to you know, have 24 hour days. You can stop and take a break and enjoy your life a little bit and celebrate your wins. And that's something I wasn't doing either. And I've made so much more time to do things like that. When something incredible happens, I'll go have dinner and a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Where before it was like, cool, I have to answer this email. I have to write this yes. story or publish this thing. I completely ag- agree with what you were saying. Yes. And completely going against the subscribing to the typical entrepreneurship journey and also recognizing that you've pivoted. You know, in the time of crisis for everyone, you pivoted and the M space, yes. The physical space shut down, but then you were able to take it online and you featured mujeres like Leanna Alfaro, Melba Telles, who have been guests on here. And I've gone on the, these conferences that you showcase and I felt connected. I felt not so alone during these moments. And I feel, I think looking back, it was the right decision. And what was those lessons learned of seeing the reaction of, of us? You're seeing this digital space and feeling that connection, those conversations, these important conversations that we were having and during dark times. Did it, did it help you? Did it, did it help you see, push you of like, oh, this is going to be sustainable and it's not going to shut down, shut down anytime soon? Yes. Yeah. So we did pivot 
and move our space digitally. So we, we've created a network. It's called the Mujerista Network. It's free to, to join. And we have a myriad of events uh, that we, we host or collaborate with other mujeres on. Um, and then we share resources that we feel are pertinent to the community. And it was a, an idea that was formulated by Ashley Stoyana Bojeda, who is our director of business development. I didn't know that we could take the business online. And she said, "Let's yes, there's platforms that we can use to do this with. And so we, we looked at some to calls and, you know, we thought, okay, yeah, let's, let's kind of go for it. We can, this actually works out better because we can be more accessible to Latinas throughout the world. We're not necessarily just, hey, this physical space in Miami that unless you're in Miami, you can take advantage of. Um, now we can go global if we mm -hmm. wanted to. And so it, the pivot worked so much better because it's, first of all, financially, it's not as draining, yes. as difficult, as stressful. I don't have to be in a physical space day in and day out for long on, like hours on end. You know, I can do it from the comfort of my home and so, and pop in and out and we schedule events and, you know, I pop in during then, during that time. And again, we can reach Latinas around the world. And we, we have, we've, we've had members from throughout the United States, throughout Latin America, in Europe, and that's far beyond the reach that we would have ever had if, you know, we stuck to having a physical space in Miami. Yes. It's something that you learn, I guess, like, mm -hmm. especially when you have someone to talk to in confidence that can help you kind of navigate through these situations. Because at that time, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't completely 100% thinking clearly, you know, there was COVID, we shut down the space, and then the mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter movements was starting. And so there was just all this stuff going on. And I wasn't, and I think people don't sometimes realize that as an editor of the site, and sometimes writer for the site, I'm doing the social media content for the site and answering some of the emails, sometimes being in the thick of it. Yes, being in the thick of it, and having to be up to date with all the current events. And during that time, it was like every single minute there was mm -hmm. something new, something dreadful happening. It takes a toll on you. It really does take a toll on you. And so I wasn't necessarily 100% like thinking clearly. Yes. And so luckily with Ashley, she, she was able to kind of be like, hey, we can do this instead. Let's try it out. And so we did. We, we gave it a shot and it's been going pretty strong. We have over 300 members on the network at this time, I believe. We've started up our events again as well. So we have our virtual gatherings and we have speed networking mixers that our members really, really love because they can connect with other Latinas for like five minutes and then they connect afterwards through email. And we have these incredible workshops and webinars with Latinas in different fields with the idea of again. So we have these incredible resources that Latinas can take advantage of and hopefully improve their professional and personal lives. So it was a really great shift that we had and that I'm super excited for because again, there's so much that we can do with it being digital. And I think it's much easier for myself too. Yes. Um, and I think it makes the day that we have an in-person kind of like conference or mini gathering 
it makes it that much more like delicious because yes. it's, it's not happening so often. So if we pop up somewhere, it's like, I have to go because yes. I've been a part of this community online for so long. I've got to meet these people in person. Yes. So we're super, super excited about it. It was a blessing in disguise. Yes, basically. exactly. It was a blessing in disguise. And I love that being in the thick of it, of the business, you are sometimes unaware that you don't have your head up. And you you can't see. You have like blinders on. Yes, yes. And having a team backing you up, being next to you and having a clarity of like, oh, we can do this. We can pivot. We can evolve the M project into the Mukulitsa Network and, and make it bigger and make it more, reach more Latinas. And it's so important to have that support. And I think, like you said, it makes it more delicious because it's this event when you decide to make a physical event we want to go because we we don't want to miss it you know we've been part of this community and after being locked in and experiencing all of this we want to connect with our comunidad with fellow latinas and marivet how has it been with the support of your team with ashley navigating this you mentioned this of having the support of pivoting, evolving, but on their other side of delegating, as well as raising funds to grow the Mujerista, because you are sharing your dream to your team and they're passionate alongside with you. So how has it been you and your team growing, building, getting the funding? Because as a Latin entrepreneur, it's hard. Mm -hmm. How has that journey been like? So it's, it's been for the most part, a float through some of my savings in 20, at the end of 2019, getting ready to open up the M space. And I so happened to meet a curator as part of this museum in Miami called the PAM or PAM, mm -hmm. the Perez Art Miami Museum, I believe it's called. <laughs> and so they also work with the Knight Foundation which is this prestigious organization that awards grants and funding to different funding organizations that are in journalism or the arts, culture, media. And she so happened to be given the opportunity to be able to award a grant to someone in the Miami community that was involved in journalism or arts and culture. And you know, we spoke on the phone, I suggested somebody and then later she reached out again and was like, I'm going to award it to you. <laughs> you actually fit the criteria so well. And I think you'd, you'd be perfect for this award. And so I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yes, you're perfect for it. And so it was a $10,000 grant that we were being awarded. So after I hung up the phone, the emotions that I had running through me was just insane. I was crying. I was still in disbelief. I was like, this is a dream. She's going to, or like, she's going to call me tomorrow and be like, Hey, sorry about that. Actually, you know, I, I just, I didn't know what to feel. And I, I kept thinking it's not true. And in December, we, they had a ceremony and they, you know, presented us with an award and basically for 2020, I was able to use that so $10,000 to basically run the Mujerista, which yes. it sounds like a lot. In actuality, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so I was so hard, like just 
scraping, like trying so hard not to touch as much of the funds as possible. In the case of a rainy day, I was like, mm-hmm. I have this money here. Mm-hmm. And so I had to use the funds during 2020. So I had that. And then for other little things that I was like, okay, I can cover this, you know, myself, I'll just, I'll just cover it. I would cover myself and I would use my savings. And then in 20, yeah, in 2020, (laughs) Ashley also, you know, suggested we start a crowdfunding campaign. And again, I thought, do you really think people would contribute to our campaign that they would want to support us in this way. Like, I know I have support from the community, but now, you know, financially, mm-hmm. do you think people will be able to or want to? And she she kept, you know, insisting that they would. And I spoke to a team, the team in, from iFund Women, which is a, a crowdfunding campaign of sorts for women entrepreneurs. They had been around and they were like, you know, building a name for themselves. And so I, I spoke to them and I was so elated to know what their mission was. And it completely aligned with the mission of the Mujerista. And so I really wanted to be a part of kickstarting a campaign, a crowdfunding campaign with them. And they are, su- they were such a small group. I, I, now they're, they're, they're pretty big. They yes, have a, a pretty, yeah. a pretty big team. And so I was able to talk to uh, Olivia Owens, who runs iPhone Women of Color. So it's a segment within iPhone Women that specifically works and supports women of color. And so I worked with her a lot to get this campaign going. And they helped us with pitches and with, you know, figuring out how much money to ask for and how to ask for money, all of this stuff. And so we were able to raise another $10,000 through that campaign. Mm-hmm. And we were awarded grants from Caress as well for because they work closely with iFund Women and they had another, Caress offers other grants for, for women that are start crowdfunding through iFund Women. And so Caress awarded us like a $2,000 grant and all of that, with that money, we were able to kind of secure funding for 2021. But again, $10,000 sounds like a lot, but in actuality, it's not. It's not so yeah. for me, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, we've had $20,000. Where did all this money go? <laughs> but it's it's just to keep the normal operations going. Yes. It, it's helped. It's definitely helped. But for where we want to go and where we want to take stuff, we definitely need more money. And so right now, what we're doing is looking into fiscal sponsorship and looking for other grants that we can apply for along with, you know, whatever I can contribute to during that month or, you know, I, I do that. And so it's kind of how we've been able to keep going financially and stay afloat and pay our contributors. It's through those grants and through these opportunities that, that women that I've been able to meet that they've given me. And I hope that I can give it forward someday soon. You know, something that we want to do is be able to have an incubator for Latinas. That, that way we can pay it forward. All the help and support that we've gotten by being an entrepreneur, you know, I want to be able to do that for future yes. Latinas. It's kind of like how, how we've done it. I know a lot of a lot of women have asked me in the, before, like, how do you do this? How do you do this? Like, where are you getting the money from? And it's like, well, a lot of it's my own, my own money that's going into it. And then the other half has been um, these grant opportunities that have been given to us. And now, like I said, we're looking into fiscal sponsorship to see if that can help us, you know, get more money and work with brands in a different manner, you know, where we can have national brands and national organizations partner with us in some capacity and we can create incredible virtual events 
and stories that we can share on the site and more. <laughs> oh, I love it. And it's amazing to see how throughout this conversation, we talked about imposter syndrome, not feeling, you know, the right person to be in the space to sharing these stories. And I love how you just went after it. You went, pitched, learned how to pitch, mm-hmm. learned what to ask, prepared yourself and just asked and went for it because like, the, no, you already have it, but they said yes. And you were able to keep the operations, the day-to-day afloat and continue to pay your contributors. And it's just amazing to see that now you're like, okay, on to the next step and we're going to ask for more and create different ways to help Latinas. And I love about paying it forward and paying it back to Latin entrepreneurs. I definitely have to thank Ashley Soyana Bojeda for being that support system for me when I doubt myself all the time, (laughs) because I'm always like, who's going to pay for this? Or who's going to want to, you know, donate to this campaign? Or, you know, I'm, that's how I'm all constantly thinking for some reason. Cause like I said, I, you know, to me, the Mujerista is still this little baby that nobody knows about. And so she constantly pushes me to like, Hey, no, people know what you're doing and love what you're doing. You know, I'm sure that they're willing to support and help you out in some capacity. And so I thank her a hundred percent for always being that push for me. And to go off of what you said, all of these experiences have led me to not be afraid to ask for stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, how the Mujerista even started to grow was because of the amount of times I asked <laughs> other Latinas if they would be able, if they would be willing to collaborate in some way with us. Um, I would slide into their DMs and be like, hey, my name is Maribel. I'm the founder of Mujerista. You know, I would give them the whole spiel. And luckily, every now and then, some of these Latinas would respond and be like, yes, I love what you're doing. I need to be a part of it. You know, we've, we've reached out to, I've reached out to countless celebrities, Latina, like women that I adore. And mm-hmm. I would go on their Instagram and message them like, hey, you know, same spiel and then kind of be like can we interview you can we do an IG live with you and so by doing that I've been able to connect with like mujeres that I would have never anticipated like connecting with before other times some say no and then other times they leave you on red but it's okay it's I want to grow the mujerista and take it to the next level and, and be able to provide resources and a space for other Latinas. And this is just this little risk that you got to take, you know, the the worst that will happen is that somebody says no, or doesn't respond. And if that's the case, you just move on to the next one. Um, And I've I've definitely learned that. And I, I hope that those that are listening, take that and, and run with it. Because you just you just never know. Until you ask, you never know. Exactly. I, I think throughout this conversation, the biggest lessons of you start, ask, (laughs) create a different support system and all the the thing the chapters that you have to close you learn from it so you can start and grow your next chapter and Marivette this is has been such a wonderful conversation before we (laughs) before we finish it I want to finish with two parter questions so the first one you you kind of you know shed a bit of of what you see the Mujerista doing but I'm all about sharing it here because we need, like, we need to continue sharing those goals because when we say it out loud, when other people hear it, their support. So where do you see the Mujerista? And I know you say the words, I hope, and 
<laughs> but but let, I'll let's, say I will. I'll say yes. I will this time, or, yeah. or or be more um, what's the word? <laughs> Secure about you know what yes. I say. So for the mujerista, the goal is to continue being this catalyst, this voice for Latinas, mm-hmm. and we are looking to have a physical conference or, phys- or like in-person events where we can have a couple hundred people and have speakers on stage and these incredible cultivated experiences for our guests and, and have them be able to form these actual connections. Because, you know, I've, I've been to quite a few conferences that are for inspiring women. And I think the biggest takeaway that I get from them is how little I connected with people yes. and it, it's typically just your like Q&A kind of talk or, or charla and I kind of want more conversations with women that aren't necessarily celebrities I want conversations with women who are professionals in their field and that I can have more intimate moments with yes. and I think that's something I've learned through the virtual gatherings that we've had is how much the our members really love those moments where they can connect one-on-one with our, our guest speakers and at our virtual events. So I think if there's a way that we can translate that for a, in a conference setting, that's like the ideal. And then aside from that, <laughs> aside from the conference, I definitely want to be able to have like some sort of just all-encompass media space where we're we have a podcast and which we talked a little bit about earlier is we do want to launch a podcast very soon and it's been in the works for uh, quite some time but you know we, we do want to launch that soon and then maybe you know house other fellow podcast content creators on that through our through our podcast platform as well and then we want to be able to provide up-and-coming entrepreneurs resources and grant opportunities or funding through some sort of an incubator which we discussed a little bit about earlier today and for those that are more in the arts and culture kind of space is to also be able to give them a platform to where they can share their art and where we can provide some sort of funding so that they can take it to the next level it's a lot I think I, I could see the Mujerista just being in so many different spaces and I don't know exactly how we'll get there and how we'll do it, but it's definitely possible. It is. It is. <laughs> All of it is definitely possible. And I think as we continue to have the support from our community, we can definitely achieve it. I think for us right now is just really getting backing and assistance from maybe some of these bigger organizations and brands that can work with us to make this happen. Oh, I, well, I'm excited for the future conference. I hope it happens (laughs) in the future because I resonate with that because I've gone to conferences. I don't feel connected with it. It's like you said, celebrities. I mean, I admire JLo, Salma Hayek, but yes. And they're necessary to like sell tickets. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. To sell tickets. But like you said, I resonate with La Latina who is, you know, four levels above me, but understands being in the thick of it who's not so far removed right yes from yeah of for example i'm going through yeah or from what you're going through from what from our the audience would be going through exactly and and like you are a great example you are growing the mujerista with your own money 
I'm doing the same with Aegis Media. Like we understand that. We understand that 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 journey, right? And I think that Mukurisa conference is a necessary space for us. And I hope to see it soon. And again, if you need support for that podcast launch, I am here. <laughs> Honor to be. And I can see I can see the Mukurisa in different mediums and definitely growing as a media platform and cultivating our stories. And to end this conversation, Marivet, we've talked about you as the past, a little bit about you in the future and in the present, but I like to close every conversation of, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time to little Marivet, (laughs) knowing what you know now, going through what you went through, the lessons, the wins, the challenges, what would you say to her? I feel like this this question is going to make me cry. We've had such a like deep conversation and I've shared so much <laughs> but that I think my, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling pretty emotional right now. I'm going to just set the setting. Little Marivette would probably be in her bedroom that she shares with her younger sister on the top bunk because I have the top bunk. <laughs> <laughs> probably with our little Pokemon um, bed sheets and covers. And with her little glasses, they're like little Coke bottle glasses and curly, thick, unbrushed, messy hair and braces, <laughs> who was so insecure, so insecure. I think I would tell her, oh God, what would I tell her? <laughs> One would be that it's going to be okay. And the second would be that I can be whoever I want to be. I don't have to fall into anybody's idea of perfection or beauty or intelligence because I'm so much stronger than anything that anybody could tell me. I'm so much stronger than all of that combined and more. Concluding it with the cheesy believe in yourself because you're so much more resilient and beautiful than you could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> oh. There we go. <laughs> oh. You made me cry. I'm sure <laughs> right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. Um, That's beautiful. And I know my listeners are crying, resonating with you and <laughs> having that fire of like, they can see themselves if they want to open their own media company, tell the stories that they want to tell be part of your journey and share it and be proud of who they are for anyone who, where can they follow you? Where can they support you? How can they be part of your journey? Oh, thank you. So you can follow the Mujerista on our social media pages, which are the Mujerista, T-H-E-M-U-J-E-R-I-S-T-A on all the platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we do have a TikTok. I'm learning how to use it. It's a work in progress. I have some videos, but it's, it's a work in progress. And then connect with us through our website, www.themujerista.com. And on the website, I highly ask that you subscribe to our newsletter and to join our network. It's free. And you can always email me too. I don't necessarily will get back. I won't get back to you as quickly as you might want, but you can email me at marivet at com, and 
I love talking to Latinas that want to connect, want to learn more about my story or might want some help or insider support into building their own, their own brands, their own businesses, their own passions or their own projects. I'm always willing to talk. I love to, you know, share my story, my experiences. So please feel free to email me. There you have it. There's the invitation. Join Marivette in her journey of amplifying and sharing our stories and as well as reading them, being part of her network. And again, muchísimas gracias for listening to another inspiring conversation with an amazing trailblazing Latina who is opening the doors for the next generation, paving the path for us and creating a positive impact in our comunidades. And I'll see you in two weeks with another inspiring conversation. Adios. Ciao. If you are ready to amplify your empowering voice to your comunidad, sign up for a podcast launch checklist, the free blueprint with everything you need to do to launch your podcast. Download or print your free copy by heading over to as-media.com slash amplify. That's as-media.com slash amplify to start and launch your podcast. Ellas is an Ellas Media production, created, hosted, and executive produced by me, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. Our logo and podcast cover art was designed by Jennifer Cepeda. And thank you to Shiro, who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Street. You can download this track on freemusicarchive.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, or follow him on Instagram. This is Ellas Media.